Welcome to a very Christmassy episode of Literally Gagging Podcast. This is a podcast dedicated to finding every single holiday-themed sexual cliche and then reading them to you, the listener. If you don't like the thought of vixen banging Blitzen with a strap on, two women rocking around the Christmas tree with an icicle, or an angel hitting a high because she's been fisted by King Herod, then this might not be the Christmas cracker for you. My name is Molly, and as ever, I'm joined by my co-host, Hannah. How are you today, Hannah? I'm excellent. I'm feeling very festive in the middle of October, having a great time. (laughs) (laughs) One half of me is covered in fake blood, the other half is covered in lesbian glitter and tinsel. Lesbian glitter and tinsel, yeah! all right just plodded along i don't really think i have much to report to be honest i'm very boring you've escaped the wall of the north haven't you you've breached it i honestly i feel so guilty i hate it i feel as much as poverty and austerity shouldn't make me homesick i'm like i really miss being in the north i feel like a massive traitor being down here and avoiding it all honestly and i'm gonna i'm gonna make that clear so that no one thinks that i'm like pleased with myself for having managed to avoid this obviously financially very pleased got out but spiritually very sad this is probably going to be completely irrelevant come the start of december but we have to give absolute mad props to andy burnham for being a fucking lad what a man what a man i've always loved andy burnham his brother taught my partner in school okay that's cool i was like sort of already familiar with him because of the work that he did around hillsborough which obviously was a really big deal where i'm from and when he came to be the mayor of manchester i think a lot of people were a bit like but he's sort of a scouser and they were like but he's also a cracking guy so let him get on (laughs) let's not hold prejudices here north is north let's yeah let him get on with all his devolution chat because clearly we need it it's all a joke have you managed to avoid it because you're between the two we're tier two we're literally i think it's us and wigan we're like sandwiched in between our mps and lisa nandy who's the mp for wigan are like screaming into the void particularly when all the talks were happening because half the time they're being invited to the liverpool city region talks and they're like but we're not and then half the time they're being greater manchester and it's like but we're not we're neither of these things but they both affect us it's like why not just put us in tier three as well yeah because it's like surely there must be enough people who like live in warrington and wigan who probably work in one or the other of the places because that's like with my parents like they don't live in liverpool but they live close enough to liverpool that they have been encapsulated by well you all fucking work in liverpool don't you so we're not gonna let you be in tier two where you live and tier three where you work like it's stupid and you'd think warrington and wigan were the same but also they are not liverpool or manchester so and i'm sure right now they're feeling very pleased with themselves for not being liverpool or manchester so we should probably leave politics there as we really don't know what will be happening around christmas oh who knows that's the fucking crazy thing about it is like day to day i don't know what's going to be happening when you wake up the next day so this is sorry if this is all irrelevant we will cut as much of it as doesn't need to be here come december and what are you drinking this week miles okay so there's a corner shop around the corner from me hence why it's called a corner shop and they import american flavored fantas and i was <gasps> okay i know and they change because like the last time I went there they, my favourite is a peach Fanta and I don't know why I fucking love a peach Fanta and I was really hoping they'd have that but they didn't so today's options were fruit punch Fanta which is why my beverage is this shade of pink luminous. it is luminous absolutely luminous um, oh I didn't realise I've got Cosmo and Wonder themed ones because my second one for after this one is a green apple one and we'll see how green that one actually comes out with vodka I'm drinking them with vodka by the way not just flavoured Fanta's well, there's some I don't, you know, when you like follow people on social media and you have no concept of like who they are and why you follow them, but you do. And there's mm. a guy I follow on social media on Instagram who I don't think he does it anymore it was probably pre-lockdown who did a series where he would go into this like essentially like a corner shop and every day he would get a different flavour of Fanta and then review it on his Instagram stories and it was oh my god I need that I'll see if he he saved it as a highlight I'll send it you because I think you'll like it he was very scathing of most of them he wasn't a fan of a lot of them but it was always very entertaining to watch it's why like going to Five Guys is the best because you get to play with the drinks machine as much as humanly possible it's the same as in Pizza Hut isn't it like the and you 
they're like, do you want to put cherry syrup in your Fanta? And you're like, oh my God, you can do that in Pizza Huts. Pretty sure. And Harvester, but probably not anymore. You probably can't do any of these things anymore. I haven't been to a Harvester since I think I was 18. I, right, I fucking love a Harvester because I, just a salad bar, a salad bar is top here they're a thing of the past but we went to there's a harvester like a five minute walk from ours and we went just because it was there and we were like we're really hungry so we'll just get like a quick breakfast and she was like have you been since lockdown i was like i've not been for a couple of years probably and she was like oh and basically said all the good stuff at harvester has been taken away because all the self-service things can no longer be self-service so she was like obviously the normally they have a breakfast buffet and she was like if you tell me what you want i can get it for you but it's obviously not the same as having a breakfast buffet that's it i can't say i want you to get the bowl and i want you to like absolutely dome it up with potato salad and then i want a single cherry tomato i want like three pieces of sweet corn to like (laughs) pretend that i'm having some salad a very specific number of the little crouton bit you can't do that also a harvester breakfast is one of the weirdest flexes i think you've ever had i've never been for a harvester breakfast gonna be honest very reasonably priced and quite quite delicious i enjoyed it came with a hash brown and like a sweet corn rosty thing which was really good and it was just it was like a bit i don't know it was just a bit weird a harvester i think because we were when we were in there we were trying to work out and we're like is this a pub or is it a restaurant it's not it feels so much like a pub but it's not a pub one of my dad's friends likes to go and drink in random places so like for a while his favorite pub to go and drink in was a holiday in bar by the dartford tunnel and all this sort of weird stuff and harvesting was his bar of choice for a while even though it's not a bar but you can get a beer at a bar area because all harvesters have a bar area you can sit at but no and it's, i mean like the one at home like we used to spend me and my friend rachel we spent quite a lot of time in harvester because it was relatively cheap they had the salad bar and they sort because it was they're always huge they don't mind if you're there for hours so like you can be a group of teenagers getting those like free refill drinks for a really really long time but like that one for example it was like down a really really long narrow road behind a golf course so people would drive to it and have a meal but you can't just like stroll past a harvester and have a bev what are you drinking whilst i google harvesters i am drinking it is i'm back on just the bevy of flavored gins because i realized going back through this it's like it's mostly just how many different flavors of gin can have a drink this is a lemon drizzle gin from the one with the swan on the label it's very pleasant you're enjoying it yeah i am enjoying it it's nice to be back on something like halfway within my remit it's good i'm enjoying it so would you like to tell everyone what we're reading this week moles this week we're gonna get absolutely festive we're gonna blast you in the face with our christmas cheer because we are reading dyke the halls yes you heard us correctly dyke the halls so dyke the halls was published in 2003 and is edited by linda alvarez it's a compilation of 12 different holiday themed lesbian erotic stories in the intro linda says i hope this book is a celebration of everything lesbian during the holiday season may it bring some light and joy into your life may it serve as a distraction from the hyper consumerism and stress the holidays bring from anxieties about family both those by blood and those by choice and maybe it'll inspire you to try something new to celebrate the holidays and make a lover shout her joy to the world i couldn't find loads of info about linda herself but it seems she's been involved in a range of books from threesomes to smoothies oh wow so she's versatile we respect that so yeah as i said this is 12 stories in this book we are not going to read all 12 of them to your discuss or 12 because that would confuse us and i think that would confuse you instead we've picked four maybe five of our favorite ones to go through and hopefully we can talk about a very christmas time how did you find it hannah i really enjoyed it for the most part i think yeah because it's 12 stories the first couple which we're not going to talk about i wasn't completely enamored with and that was just personal preference but I think because it's 12 short stories even if you're not like super loving one you can just skip it or you'll know that the next you're like well it's going to change in a couple of pages and it could be something totally different I think compared to some of the stuff we read before I would say definitely I feel like the ones we've picked like you can tell these were written by lesbians which is nice and I think this is something we've been missing in some of our lesbian erotica we've had previously is the actual lesbianism yeah actual women loving women writing stories about it not 
probably creepy men doing it. They all range in sexiness. Some are more sexy than others. Some are more festive than others. And before we get started with them properly, I am going to give a shout out to my favourite was Gone with the Wonton by Shari J. Berman. It was not the sexiest of them, therefore we're not going to be delving into it, but it was definitely like the most fun, cute lesbian rom-com. And I was like, having a great time. But yeah, some of them are spicy, like spicy. So should we dive into it? Should we unwrap these like a child unwrapping a present left under the tree from Santa Claus himself? So the first one is called Reindeer Games by Sachi Green. And so Sachi, 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 I don't know. It's actually a pseudonym, so it doesn't really matter. (laughs) (laughs) This person's real name is Connie Wilkins, and she traditionally writes a lesbian-themed science fiction and fantasy erotic fiction, and she's from Massachusetts. She originally started writing kids' books under her real name of Connie, but found herself drifting more into erotic fiction as Sachi Sachi. I'm interested how she... I feel like children's books to erotica shouldn't be a drift. It's quite a shock. I think if you start writing fantasy and sci-fi books for kids, then you, like, sneak in the erotica. You know, you shouldn't be sneaking in erotica to kids' books. What I mean is you can... But you could have, like, a sexy main character who kids will be like, that's a cool main character, and adults will be like, that's a sexy character. And then it just evolves from there, really, doesn't it? But, yeah, according to Wikipedia, she has written 17 erotic novels from cowboys to cops. Oh, lovely. Again, covering all the bases. So, in this one, we open up with two ladies, one called Kristen and one called Nick. Nick is pounding savagely into Chris as the phone rings. Chris is there as it says, Chris couldn't form words couldn't find the breath, she needed to beg, don't stop, don't stop don't stop! But Nick didn't stop kept driving huge spikes of pleasure through her until all sensation merged into one searing electric jolt of power. So we're straight in. So it's straight in, there's no, no messing about with this one, we are straight into the sex. The answering machine picks up the phone call and it's Nick's boss saying that the snow is really bad out and that they need another plough driver can you come and do us a solid can you help us out? Nick being the good Christian woman that she is I assume um accept the challenge. But I really liked that the way they phrased it was that she was like, I have to go. I thought like hell's try and get Christmas Eve off. He wouldn't call if it wasn't an emergency. But damn it, 10 years of working holidays so family guys could take the time off. It was as close as she was going to get Chris used to saying, we're family now. And I was like, that's nice that as a, maybe as a single person or whatever, you go like, they go, oh, well, Nick's got no reason to want Christmas Eve off. I was like, it's fucking Christmas Eve. But if you're like straight, like cis man with a kid, you're gonna be like, I have to be at home with all of my children I can't possibly couldn't possibly work Christmas Eve I also think it'll be interesting to see how our generation deals with these sorts of our work because you have kids on Christmas as more and more of us ladies are choosing not to have children the kinds of jobs I've had it's not massive been a problem but I have a lot of friends who end up having to do extra overtime and stuff because they have colleagues who can go oh my kids school's just rang and I really need to leave and so they can just disappear and no one kind of no one can argue with that because if you go, I need to go and pick up my child from school, no one can go, you're not allowed to. Like, you're a dickhead if you do that. But also it means that other people who have just chosen not to destroy the planet by having children have pick, have to pick up your slack, exactly. So Nick has to go in and help out the breeders, even though it was her first Christmas off. Chris is a bit sad because she's like, I just want to have her. But she does get to sit and what? Well, she sits on the bed and watches... <laughs> Nick shower and it says those strong adept hands slicking soap between those powerful thighs. I think I like a powerful thigh. I think that's like... Yeah. I would love to be able to... There's some sort of cartoon or something where she was like, I can crush a man's skull with my thighs. And I was like, that is a superpower I would love to have. I'm going to start training. Like, that's the only reason I would go to the gym or something is to be able to... Thick thighs make a dick rise. But Chris has sort of said, like, why can't everyone just stay the fuck home? Why do they need roads? And you don't need to travel places. And Nick's a bit like, I get you. Like, if only they had reindeer to fly in. So then Nick leaves. Chris decides that... 
she's gonna do some Christmassy stuff. And she has this sort of like weird, she goes into a memory that female deer have, well, reindeer have antlers. Which is one of those things that gets thrown around every Christmas, isn't it? Like Christmas is feminist because... Oh, I'd never heard it. Oh, I had. That is one of those things that people are like, don't forget ladies, like Santa's sleighs pulled by strong women because they've all got like... Strong women, I'm sorry. Santa imprisons those deer just like he imprisons those elves to make toys in his capitalist sweatshop for all the spoiled children out there. All right, commie, calm down. <laughs> Comrade Molly's on the uh, on the rampage. Saying that, please send me presents this year, Santa. So she says that she kind of has this memory and says that like remembering this now is quite funny because she realises how much women with a touch of the masculine have always sort of like been her thing. Which I was like, okay, cool, love that. So she gets up and she starts drawing a reindeer because she's like an illustrator or something and then we get a little flashback of how they met which was Chris was waitressing at a cafe and Nick came in being all sweaty and tired from being a big sexy and they have a little flirt where uh, Chris deliberately goes over to Nick's table with like her hands full and Nick's got the money out to pay for her stuff and she's like oh can you just tuck that into my um, into the waistband of my skirt for me and you know gets Nick to like put this money in her belt which was quite bold I felt yeah it was a big choice but it paid off you know sometimes these big risks pay off they've been together six months originally she was like oh would you want to be my life model but that never happened they ended up banging instead and she was like oh we eventually got around to drawing her and it was kind of cute yeah so then she's like as she's reminiscing she's cutting out this reindeer that she's drawn so she could make like a cookie cutter she goes on again with this like is being Christmas too stereotypy of women doing all these bits and pieces like women do the cookie cutters and decorate the tree and all this weird heteronormative Christmas shit as she said it's too perilously close to an attack of feminine domesticity and I thought that was interesting because I think that is obviously just something that again as a woman as a feminist in the modern day you do sort of not that I think Christmas specifically but there definitely is I can imagine an idea of being like is this silly and girly to want to like make Christmas cookies and decorate the tree and all this kind of stuff but she says that like after all they had a tree and she decorated it with those cut snowflakes out of paper and they'd hung up stockings and she was like so why are cookies bad I've done all the other stuff cookies are delicious but what I don't agree with is that she's bought the dough if you're gonna make it do it yourself and maybe it's just because we don't get it's not not that hard no because we don't get cookie dough like that over here do we I don't think so I don't I can't think of anywhere where I've seen that you can buy pre-made dough that you, you, can, buy, you can buy a box mix but you could not buy the dough pre-made and just make it yourself guys it's not that hard so she said that they're not really buying each other gifts Chris is filling Nick's stocking while she's away and she's bought her a round red pomegranate like like a hard pounding breast sank into the toe of the stocking. Then came three bars of the dark, dark chocolate Nick liked. Last, peering over the rim, came two figures Chris hoped would be amusing rather than just silly. A Rosie the Riveter action figure, complete with riveting action rivet gun, and a Barbie doll surgically altered to atomical correctness. The electric wood-burning tool she had etched a vagina into the crotch, just the way she had wanted it, with little folds of melted plastic along the edges, like generous pussy lips. For the asshole, she'd gone in cleanly with just a hint of puckering around the rim I'm impressed with that like upcycling of a Barbie doll that's quite cool I just didn't know you could make Barbie pussies out of glue guns no I didn't and I like that her next thought is like maybe I could make them and sell them like that's like a thing people would buy because she's made this one has blonde hair and a single braid down her back like Chris's and she's pierced one of the nipples like like hers are so obviously it's a very personalised gift she's like I can make some dollar off making these people and I agree I think that's cool so once she's done that she goes to decorating the cookies and because she's an art bitch they look incredible except for one that she's left with the red nose for Rudolph and then she falls asleep in front of the fire like a beautiful up. festive oh, angel in front of the fire I bet she's wearing plaid as well like a plaid a little flannel like oh adorable so she wakes up and she adds some more kindling to the fire and she hears footsteps coming through the door is it santa no it's nick it's fine (laughs) it's nick it's fine it's nick she opens nick's parka and frantically pulling up sweater and t-shirt so that her own naked breasts could press against nick's chilly skin so i imagine it is she's like sort of taking her top off and they're like in breasts against it (laughs) like oh 
cold. Especially if you've been in front of the... F- I can imagine that's like a really kind thing to do for your cold girlfriend. But like, if you've been in front of the fire and you've been asleep as well, that's going to shock you. Like, suddenly putting your tits on something really cold is going to fuck you up. She gets herself in and Chris is like, go and sit yourself down. I've got you a, a bedtime snack. And brings them over and she says some wanky shit about how they're ephemeral art and it's not supposed to last. First you assimilate it with your eyes and then with your mouth. I'm like, okay, fine. You can just say, like, I'm good at decorating biscuits. You don't need to give me some, like, Tate Modern shit. I don't know if you know, but I have an art degree in decorating cookies. So she eats and she drinks the milk and the cookies. She says, why has Rudolph only got the nose? Like, you've put loads of effort into all these other ones. And Chris says, Rudolph is naked because I'm Rudolph tonight. And she's, like, stripped off and puts, like, a little bit of red icing on the end of her nose. And then there's this whole thing about antlers. She's like, I think I'm growing antlers. Which obviously is, like, cute Rudolph banter. But then she, like, refers to her antlers through the rest of the story. And I'm like, you don't don't really have them, hun. It's not, I don't think antlers are sexy. I didn't like that. That's a level of fantasy that doesn't do it for me. Like, I'm not a cosplay type person. But she has the bit, little bit of icing on her nose. And she uses it to, like, draw a little line of dots down, like, Nick's stomach and Nick's all like squirming and stuff and she's like keep still or I won't lick it off but then this is it this is it she's like licking down the little red line on her stomach cute but then she says she could feel her invisible antlers brushing Nick's face and I'm like you you couldn't babe that's not real and it's a weird thing that like she's clearly got this in her head and that's part of like the fantasy for her and I'm like okay not for me the antlers are brushing and she's going down 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 she wriggled her tongue teasingly through nick's dark thatch don't like thatch pausing just short of where her mouth really wanted to go where judging by arched hips and fingers tangled in chris's hair urging her closer nick really really wanted her to go one quick lap across nick's straining clit though and then she pulled back come on babe nick groaned her grip tightening but chris jerked free her flexed fingers drew a deep breath and swatted nick's muscular thigh roll over blitz and she ordered i'm gonna go your sleigh tonight. I don't know what that means. <laughs> it doesn't mean anything. She specifically chose Blitzen. Yeah, that's the one that like does it for her. But then Nick's like, well, won't you need a harness? And pulls out from under the couch a package, which she says was meant to go in Chris's stocking. Um, but obviously she's not been at home to do that, whereas Chris has been doing all the like Christmassy stuff. And is it just the harness she's got for Christmas? Or... I assumed it was the harness and the dildo. Otherwise, like, could they just share harnesses? I don't know how they work. You can buy separate harnesses. But yeah, and I, the one thing I think I really liked about this story is because obviously Chris has this new harness and then in it went and out and in again until Chris had no doubt at all that she was driving Nick high into the sky. The chilly wind through her antlers, fuck off, kept her own body from vaporising like a shooting star. I do really like that because quite a few of these stories were very into like the whole stone butch trope, which is women who... and it, it's completely legit but like they always want to be the top and that's there's no negotiation on that and i like that they both like it opens with nick fucking chris and it ends with chris fucking nick i quite liked that about it there's like that give and take in the relationship so they finally finish each other off and it says she stood to work herself out of her harness and glanced towards the bathroom but she wasn't ready yet to wash any away anything especially the slick gleam of nick's juices on her brand new very own cock <laughs> please wash your sex toys please wash your sex toys <laughs> like wash your sex toys i'm sure you can like admire it for a bit but then like please wash it it's very cute and romantic but it's unhygienic to uh to like idolize the juices and not just fucking wash them and then they fall asleep together and it sounds like santa but it's not and that's the end so our second book is called hark the herald angel sing by kate dominic and um, i couldn't find loads of information on kate turns out there's loads of information in the back but if i skip to it now i will lose my place because kindles are horrible and i hate them but she has written three other lesbian erotic books so we know she's she's good she's in the biz so this one opens up with i'm just gonna read it out my dear sweet christabel was singing at the top of her lungs her cries of ecstasy piercing the night as i once more snicked the nasty little golden clamp onto her glistening clit wow so again straight in we're not beating around the bush here but then i like that christabel's immediate response is don't fuck up my wings like she's put some work into her costume and i respect that (laughs) so this one is we're just gonna get the premise out of the way so this one is christabel and i can't remember the other person i think at the end it turns out it was deirdre Deirdre, okay. Because I remember at the end being like, 
Wow, I did not imagine a Deirdre. A Deirdre in this. So Christabel and Deirdre are doing the annual nativity pageant. Christabel is always the angel. Deirdre, because white men suck at doing acting and this is a town in like Minnesota so it's very white Deirdre is the drama school teacher she gets to be King Herod and everyone's cool with that because it's that local community spirit of well there are lesbians it's fine it's if we have any of them outside lesbians that that's the problem so it's nice that they're accepted yeah that it's kind of like one of those things that they like maybe tolerate having a woman as Kring Herod rather than like buzzing off it but she's obviously better than like any of the men before they go to the pageant they are having some sex some pretty fucking spicy times this is probably the hottest piece that we're gonna read to you and it's just so much sex we may as well just read the whole thing out like (laughs) but there's quite a lot at the beginning of the fact that obviously they're in their costumes but then she's taken off most of christabel's costume she's like got her hair and makeup done she's got her wings on and kind of basically nothing else which i thought was really cute as well because she was like i carefully put it over here because she'll need that later but just not right now she's like her face is so tacked in and she's got so much gloopy shit in her hair that nothing is going to move out of place when we do this but then she is standing in the middle of the living room with her bound wrists held over her head and clipped to the end of the chain hanging from what was by day the heavily reinforced attachment for the ceiling lamp presently at the bottom of the closet and so they they have elements of their house that can just be adapted for their kinky needs and i like that and then deirdre is also dressed up she is like i didn't want anything to get in the way of the eight thick inches of kingly rubber dick jutting out of my top of the line strap on so she's living her best life like i'm the king look at my big old strap on i'm really feeling the fantasy the king herod fantasy she's feeling the fantasy and she's got this like glittery little naked angel strung up from the ceiling which you know sounds a christmas present we all need but they're kind of talking about how like christmas eve's really special it is it's like a really small town so it's a very cute churchy little time and there are carolers going around and it's all very like idyllic but then in their living room with i think the curtains are open but she's turned the lights off they can hear all the way through this story they can hear the carolers getting like closer and closer while king herod is like fucking the angel who's hung from the ceiling and christabel seems to be wearing this thing that's like clamped from her nipples and then onto her clit as well. Yeah, she has like nipple clamps which are connected by a chain to like a clit clamp, I think. And every so often, Deirdre will just, or King Herod will just give a little tug on them. And it says, I tugged on the gilded chain connecting the nipple and clit clamps. That's hard to say. Clit clamps, clit clamps, clit clamps. <laughs> Christabel squealed a high C worthy of the most elegant holiday soloists. Ding dong, merrily on high. Oh, it really is, yes. isn't it? Like, and yes, yeah, so they're Christabel's checking that like, they are like actually in the dark because they've turned the lights off. Yeah. But it's not quite dark outside, so they're like, "Are we sure that no one can see us?" And she's like, "Can anyone see me? I don't want to be seen like this <laughs> by the church by, elders, yeah. <laughs> by like the cute little old people oh. who probably dress up in like Victorian clothes and go caroling yeah, around the town." Probably. It's a very dark living room and she says I'd been playing with Christabel for over an hour teasing her tormenting her fingering her and eating her cunt until my beard was tacky her pissy was dripping with juices and lube when I had heard the first faint whisperings of the carolers on our block I'd strung her up and put on the clamps and she knows what she's doing mm-hmm. um, and she's left a light on upstairs so all the carolers their gaze will be focused upwards on the people who appear to be in the bedroom smart not very changed smart. to the ceiling downstairs yeah it's all about illusions and she's like she's like singing along with them and like tugging on the chain in time with the music and it's all very (laughs) festive and i love a good carol i used to have to go caroling at old people's homes when i was at school and it wasn't like this i imagine no but there was a distinct difference between the booper and the nhs one Oh god, that's like depressing, isn't one. it? I can imagine that, I and know. that's fucking grim. <laughs> anyway, yeah. from really sad, poor old people, to back to... People to horniness. King Herod absolutely <laughs> fucking the shit out of an angel. And she says, am I a good king? Do you like things deep and crisp and even-handed? And I don't think that quite works, <laughs> but fine. I like it, I like it. And all the way through, because Christabel's like, yes sir, yes, I like it. Oh, watch my hair. Don't touch my hair. Please don't. Yeah. And I respect that as well. She's um, got her priorities sorted. 
So then Deirdre gags Christabel so she can't... Be screaming in front of the carolers. Screaming. I like that what they do is they intersperse the dirtiness. So you'll get like a line of a carol and then you'll get a dirty like paragraph and then a line of a carol. So You've got like, like silent night, holy so- night. I snapped on a glove and scooped out a handful of leaf. <laughs> Round your virgin mother and child. I'm going to fist you, I whispered. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to shove my fist up your cunt. Holy infant, so <laughs> tender and mild. <laughs> I never thought I would say. <laughs> I didn't like this though. Okay, this is no, I didn't like I didn't this, like this like particular this phrase. I licked my tongue over her distended clit, diddling her pussy mercilessly. I didn't like the bit where she said, "Do you think a baby's diddling. head would feel this big coming out of your cunt?" <laughs> I was like, "Not sexy. That is not sexy, chat." <laughs> Well, I guess, what is it? How many things, is it 10 fingers? Is t- no, that that feels way too big for a vagina to stretch, 10 fingers. I don't, I've got 10 fingers. I mean, as big as a bait, like, how big's that? Like that? <laughs> this doesn't work that- again. Like us trying to fit things in our mouths, this doesn't work <laughs> as an audio media. I'm trying to figure out how big the thing is coming out of your vagina. I do think a fist is smaller than a baby's head, though. Yes, it definitely is. But she slides her fingers in. One, two... Four, turning and twisting. Skip three, straight to four. Wonder if she was wearing a watch. <laughs> Ugh. There's something, and I know it's a thing that people do, and I'm sure it's a thing people enjoy, but there's just something about fisting that sort of like goes through me. It just mm. doesn't, I don't know what it is, and I fully respect, you know, we don't kink shame on this podcast, I respect your right to yeah. fist and be fisted as be you see fit. But there's something about it for me that just makes me go like, oh, I don't like it. I, just the thought that someone could get their fist in my vagina makes me feel weird. I don't know what. Like you're a hand puppet. But like. it's, yeah. <laughs> I think that's because sentences like this. I rested my knuckles against her, letting gravity help as Christabel slowly let her weight bring her down onto my hand. It really sounds like she's bursting a cow. Yeah. A cow. Her muffled cries vibrated through her body. I kissed her tender nub. What? <laughs> what nub? I'm not sure. I assume her clip, but they've not made that clear. Okay. I was like, what nub does she have? And she's like, let me in open take me open and let me in it just it feels like she's trying to open like aladdin's cave or something she's like speaking it open open sesame as the refrain started she pressed down and i pushed up hard to meet her i'm not gonna sing it but it's that bit in hark the herald angels that everyone Hosanna in Excelsis. The bit you really look forward to when you're in like the primary school carol concert. You're like, yeah, I'm ready for it. Yes. And she shrieked and my hand sunk into her. I felt the waves of a mini orgasm sweep through me as her warm, wet pussy slid down over my knuckles. She hung frozen above me, keening, sucking me into her body while my fingers curled into a fist and pressed against her. Come for me, lover. I don't like that. What? The demand like you're or being, the word lover? Yeah. No, the demand. Like, I'd say imagine she's doing it gently while like stroking her hair, fist up her, like whispering at her, like, come for me, lover. Come it's for me. you're doing it like a but witch, still- that's why. Yeah. <laughs> Still Halloween. You're doing it like Bette Midler in Hocus Pocus. <laughs> <laughs> and while the swells of Gloria it. rang in our ears, Christabel shrieked into her gag and her pussy juice shot into my face. So she's done a good job. She's done a real mm. good job. But this bit is so covered in pussy juice. It's unreal. If someone else had to wear that bit, I mean, you wouldn't do that now because of COVID. But yeah. In these times, if someone else had to wear that beard later on, the stank. Yeah, they do spend quite a lot of time talking about how, like, covered in Christabel this fake beard is. They finish the song. They start singing Oh Tannenbaum. She starts getting Christabel down. Everyone is happy. So Christabel says, she goes, that's a hell of a moustache wax, sir. And she's like, I'll smell you all night. I'll think of you each time I breathe in the scent of your cunt. The night's not over. The fist oh, no. is just an aperitif of sorts. It's still going. So she says, lift your leg for your king. I said softly. She whimpered, sliding her leg up and around my waist. I squatted back, pressing my cock to her cunt, tugging harder on the clit clamp as I pushed it to the side. I'm going to fuck you now, Christabel. Pay homage to your king. 
That's quite sexy. I love I it. I quite like that. That's quite I love sexy. It. I love it. And she lets the clamp off her. I thrust deep and hard, grinding her vulva against me until the waves finally washed up from my cunt and washed over me. I crushed her tightly to me, panting like I'd never catch my breath again. Thank you, sir, she whispered. I didn't think you'd do it, Deirdre. I figured you might fuck me like you did last year, but Jesus, I didn't really think you'd fist me. I mean, right here in the living room with half the town watching and me in my angel costume, for God's sake. And she says, she's like, thank you for not messing with my wings. And then she goes and kind of is putting her costume back on and all this kind of stuff. And she says, figure out how to secure the wings, hot stuff. Next year, you're taking it up your ass while they're singing. It's like, they got plans. <laughs> they got big plans for they've Christmas. Got plans. And then she says, I love hearing you sing. Now get your damn clothes on and let's get going. We don't want to be late to the nativity. And then they get dressed. God, I love Christmas. I love Christmas. Amen to that, Deirdre. Merry Christmas to Christabel and Deirdre. Merry Christmas. And are we ready for the next We're one? We're moving on. We are going down under with the next one. Quite literally. Yeah, the land down under. Because this is our first story that... That is set in Australia, mate. I knew you were going to do an um, accent. I was like, I can't wait to hear Australia. Mm, okay, I won't do more. But no, please. No, I don't please. Think my Australian please do. isn't that bad. So this is Bridesmaids in Red and Green by Cleo Knight. Do we have any intel on Cleo? No, not without going to the back of the book. <laughs> All the information <laughs> there. Do we? What's the girl's name? Do we have a name? Ella. No. She's Ella. So we open on it's Ella, who is talking about how Christmas is not really a big deal in their family. Maybe part of it is because they're Australian that they tried doing the traditional Christmas thing, but it's not yeah. as much fun in the middle of it's summer. Not. And so then by the time they were teenagers, they would just roast turkey on Christmas Eve, have it cold with salad, then they'd go to the beach and have a chill time. So it was a total surprise when her sister got engaged and then decided she wanted to have a Christmas-themed wedding on Christmas Eve in their backyard but like proper christmas so of course it's christmas dinner for the meal there's cookies there's decorations like the most she's the like, most, most christmasy christmas. like lifetime christmas channel movie wedding ever in the middle of the australian summer well i'm not a fan of christmas weddings not that i've ever been to one but i do watch a lot of don't tell the bride so therefore i know a lot so ella is in the kitchen baking some cookies for this wedding this vision of loveliness walks in she was tall and curvy with a cloud of red hair that shone like copper her eyes were bright and green and she's like what are you doing like why is the kitchen on fire and she's like oh because I'm having to make these cookies she's like oh so you must be the bride's sister I'm the groom's sister Joe. she's like how serious were they on this whole fucking Christmas wedding thing and they're like well the bridesmaid's dresses are hideously like red and green and the back garden looks like Lapland exploded in yeah. there so you know it's not good and one of the things that Joe, which to, which like Ella says and I thought this was quite rude because the mm. dresses are red and green and clearly hideous like that's fine yeah. but um, Ella looks at Joe's ginger hair and goes well, you could dye it and she's like the dress and she's like <laughs> no your hair Doesn't and it's it? like that's it so, with it. so rude but this sparks an idea because she says what colour hair would look good with those dresses like they're horrible and Ella yeah. says Says, well, you could dye your hair like properly red, red, and I'll dye my hair green for like some banter. And I'm like, how did they oh. think they were going to get away with that? What? Like, it's there's, there's so much to unpack in that. Why? And they always look shit. Those quick wash in, wash out dyes as well. Yeah. They never look good. You have to have really blonde hair for the green to stick. Yeah, and to do it yourself at like less than 12 hours notice for an event is quite <laughs> bold. It's such a bad idea. But when she says this, uh, Joe is like, oh, you're my officially my favourite sister-in-law. I don't suppose I can convince Jason to marry you instead. And she goes, huh, not my type. You are, I added silently, but managed to refrain from saying it out loud. She's like, I probably shouldn't start hitting on this girl within 10 minutes of meeting her when Me we're going to have to see no. each other like every fucking family event for the rest of our lives. So, and she might not be gay. I yeah, think, well you don't know. So on the morning of the wedding, they shut themselves in the upstairs bathroom. They dye their hair. They come down with the red and the green hair the mums are both like what the fuck the is fuck wrong with you done. why you would you ruined ruin the day you have spoiled everyone's wedding everything what a dickhead because the the bride comes through and is like i'm going to wear a christmas wreath in my hair i think we should do the same you should wear them too and then she sees them the bride fucking loves it she's well into it and decides they're gonna have like white roses in their hair and she's like oh my god like yeah. guys thanks for just like really 
getting into the spirit of the thing but also this says so nice. otherwise your hair would have clashed with the dresses joe and i'm like why didn't you why? think about that before <laughs> before all this happens like interspersed with this we learned that joe usually doesn't thrive well at weddings she says she usually gets depressed ends up sleeping with someone she shouldn't ella has been flirting with joe like nobody's business so they've sort of built up this backstory of in the half a day they've been plotting together yeah. there's like a little bit of sexual they've tension like going bonded on. over this hair dyeing fandango yeah and they're having some banter and then they get married and it's really cute it's a nice time everyone has roast turkey and eggnog and gingerbread but she says they stuck together through the whole reception because their their costumes were much less embarrassing together like people could look at them and be like oh mm. this makes sense as a pair but on their own obviously they just look ridiculous you just look mental yeah so at one point joe grabbed my sleeve and pulled me behind the christmas tree hide here for a minute why i'm trying to avoid the best man he's an ex of mine and she's like well that answers that question yeah she likes him and then she just spins it all on its head and goes life is so much less complicated since i gave up on men and ella's like ah, oh my days but that what? just mean that she's like having a break from dating it could she didn't go since i gave up on men in favor of since i started dating women she could just be asexual yeah she might just not like that guy like it could be any number of things but then she's the one that initiates the first kiss she tasted of gingerbread which i was rapidly becoming more fond of (gasps) i'd love to taste like gingerbread if someone was kissing me that's the dream like that's like to have a flavor they decide that they're gonna go upstairs and try and wash out this hair dye together. It says no one seemed to notice the two bridesmaids slip away from the wedding reception, which was odd because we were hard to miss. But a turkey buffet is a good distraction. <laughs> so, so they've just fucked off. It answered all my questions in one. Like, why wouldn't they notice the bridesmaids? Oh, wait. There's a turkey. full roast dinner in front of them. The orchestra's playing Silent Night and they're running up to the bathroom and they're like kissing and giggling and like trying to get each other's dresses off but they're both a bit too drunk to like navigate the fastenings of the dress. And they're like, well, fuck it. We're, ne- um, we're never going to wear these again. We're never going to wear them. The photos have all been done. We're not going to ruin anyone's day particularly if we destroy these dresses. So they just decide to turn the shower on and get in. Mm-hmm. And there's like the um, dye from their hairs like kind of running semi-perm yeah, hair dye like dye. runs out and runs yeah. out and they're in this like clingy wet satin and they're all like laughing and having a joke and then Ella cups Joe's amazing breast in her hands and bent down taking her nipple in my mouth sucking at it through the satin she moans suddenly serious I went down on my knees in the shower lifting her heavy wet skirt this is one thing there's so much skirt involved in this yeah like the wet, wet bridesmaids dress must be very hard to navigate <laughs> but she had conveniently removed her undies with the pantyhose leaving her pussy bare and ready for me um, and as she's going down on nice. it Joe goes, thank goodness for handrails in the shower. <laughs> Just like, it's not great banner that really, is it? I was thinking that. Do you think they've got one of those showers that's like a bath and a shower? Or do you think it's a standalone shower? In my head, it must be one like a bath because I don't know how else they'd have space for this. That's what I was thinking. The hot water of the shower rained heavily around me as I put my lips to her, parted her with my tongue and sucked at her sweetness. I slid my tongue further into her, working her with my mouth. She was moist and creamy. Had she been imagining this all through the ceremony as I had? Focus on your sister's wedding. Stop imagining fucking the bridesmaid in the shower. Focus. She was moist and creamy. No, I did not like moist and creamy. I don't know what other word you would use to describe it, but moist but just and not creamy. That for, did not, not that for Molly. Love me. Like no. the eggnog, moist and creamy. Like yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> But she has a slow gasping climax and she like sort of collapses and they're obviously all wet and she's like, why don't these damn dresses just unzip like normal clothes? Because they're not normal clothes. They're they're dresses. dresses. They're special for a reason. That you are ruining. And she gets a pair of nail scissors and just like cuts her dress like right down the front. I'd be, if I was the sister and I'd paid for those dresses, I'd be so pissed off. I would. Like, okay, yeah, they're not going to be worn again, but still. Come on, and that's it. Like you've had the photos done, but like you're still going to have to go and do the rest of the wedding reception. 
reception and everyone's going to mm. be like where is your bridesmaid's dress so joe has cut open ella's dress she unfastened my bra and tossed it across the bathroom uh, oh wet bra not good either uncomfortable no, no that's gonna be sticky then bent her wet face to my small breast licking the water from them her fingers were working lower slippery and eager teasing my clit into a frenzy toying with my labia and then she puts three fingers in her it deep penetration deep penetration and beneath the sound of the shower i could hear music from the garden as the guests sang rudolph the red-nosed reindeer i would hate that at a wedding like and all the music is just christmas music because yeah. you want to get like your groove on you want to do some bangers don't you you don't want to just be like rudolph the red-nosed reindeer joe decides that they need conditioner Yes, to try and um, get the shit out of the hair. And then her mum is like, what are you doing? And doing? they're like, we're just, we're just washing our hair. Together. That's a perfectly normal thing to do in the middle of a wedding. Two girls sharing a shower. No big deal. It's just girls sharing a shower. It's just what you do at a wedding, isn't it's it? It's what girls do. Yeah. And they're having Christmas so puddings. So they better like, go down soon. The mum's like, can you come down for pudding, please? Like, I shouldn't be having to tell you to be present at your own fucking sister's wedding. Get down. You're an adult woman who's having a shower <laughs> in the middle of a wedding reception. Like, grow up, Ella. Yeah. And then they get into this weird, well, there'll be brandy custard and mince pies and Santas and marzipan and reindeers and holly wreaths. And they just start, like... Yeah yelling weird Christmas cliches at each other and then laughing. I mean, they're pissed. Like, they've really skimmed over how drunk they clearly are. But I think, again, Australia... They're always pissed, so. I had a feeling that I'd be celebrating Christmas with greater enthusiasm in the future. Maybe there was something to this whole festive tradition thing after all. Ho, ho, ho. And a bottle of rum. There we go. Merry Christmas Um, to Ella and Joe. May your days be merry and bright. Absolutely. Dear listeners, we are now moving on to our final Christmas tale. Much like Bill Murray in his Christmas special on Netflix, we're round the fire. Can you picture it? Hannah and I are dressed up. It's like Twas the Night Before Christmas. We're in our smoking jackets. With a little... cookies. sleeping caps with yes. a brandy and a candy cane being festive before santa comes and we tuck you into bed with these sexual fantasies that you have we're going to read to you one more erotic one lesbian more. christmas tale visions of festive lesbians dancing through your heads to soothe you off to sleep and this one is called um, frozen by andrea dale let it go let it go <laughs> I you can tell that this that. was written like 10 years before Frozen came out. Before Frozen. I actually only know that song in French, really. Would you like to give us a little burst of that? L'hiver s'installe doucement dans la nuit, la neige reine à son tour. Royaume de solitude, la place de l'art pour toujours. If anyone wasn't aroused before, they definitely are now. I feel like. Le vent qui love moi. Anyway, um, so this is written by Andrea Dale. I would recommend that everyone goes and Googles Andrea Dale just to see what a legend she looks like on her Amazon profile. She kind of looks like a babe. She is described as the legendary erotic heavy hitter. Yeah. Um, she writes sizzling erotica with a generous dash of romance her work which has been called poignantly erotic heartbreaking and exceptional has appeared in 14 years best volumes as well as about a hundred other anthologies from souls road press harlequin spice and class press including novella kiss on her list she finds passion in rock music clever words piercing blue eyes the wind in her hair and the center of the ocean andrea hun i'm here for (laughs) it i think you can tell that all of these things inspired her writing yeah so we're going straight in with this one and what's mm-hmm. the what's the other character's name so becca is the girlfriend i don't actually know i don't think they do tell you we have a seemingly nameless protagonist and then becca is her girlfriend and becca wanted to get... call her jade for ease we'll just call her jade. Give her a name yeah yeah so jade and becca and becca wanted to get a tree on the first of december and jade's like that seems pretty early we don't need to get it straight away no. But Becca's dad owns a Christmas tree farm. And so obviously it's quite a big deal for her. This is like a very traditional Christmas family that that Becca is from. And it sort of says that Jade, who we've named, is from California. And Becca is from, again, I think it's Minnesota or one of these northern american states where it snows quite regularly yeah so she's not used to the snow she's not used to all this 
the level of pine trees that they probably have. She says about the snow, she says, it's not normal, this white stuff falling from the sky at regular intervals. You should be able to visit winter and then go home. Like, go and have some snow and then be like, I'm done now. And I honestly, I agree with that. The snow is such an inconvenience. (laughs) Like, the level of inconvenience that snow provides versus the level of, like, fun snow time and not... I guess if, like, you live in a proper snowy country like the Scandies, they Mm. know how to deal with it. But then it's not fun. Yeah normal jade is a bit annoyed because like her idea of christmas is being at home with the hot chocolate lace with creme de menthe but it's not that bad because she's keeping her eyes on becca's sweet ass contained in a tight pair of jeans with silk long underwear beneath i happen to know having been involved in making it difficult for her to keep them on earlier today so they're rampant they are rampant she says there's nothing she wanted more than to just be in a nice warm bed with her my hand cupping that tight bottom as i buried my head between her thighs and made her wail as she came i loved the sweet taste of her slippery folds like cinnamon don't believe that and how they turned so dark when she was aroused like it is fine for a vagina to just taste like a vagina that is what it (laughs) that is what it should taste like it doesn't doesn't taste like cinnamon does it it doesn't no it tastes like a vagina you can't genitals taste like genitals and that's fine that's the way it should be Mm. like no one's no one's questioning that no one's complaining but she so she's kind of having this like little sexy thought or she's looking at her kind of bum walking yeah. up this hill and then we get some proper story because yes. she says that kind of like the intimacy of like walking hand in hand and all this kind of stuff is kind of quite overwhelming for her because they've been dating for seven months living together for two and a half months and she was still surprised and she felt guilty because she had had a girlfriend called lindy who she'd lived with for four years who died jade <laughs> kind of went off the rails a bit it seems and like threw yeah. herself into grad school in minneapolis <laughs> run away from california when lindy died and had like thrown herself into this new life away from everything and hadn't expected to meet anyone and then she met Becca and that kind of which was nice has thrown her off a little bit because she feels guilty about being happy again with someone yeah. after her dead girlfriend which is sad and I thought a brave amount of plot to put into a story this short yeah like and to not give us any detail on their previous relationship what happened how she died nothing like that just, just she's they were really happy and then she died New relationship but mm. it kind of we get the sense that jade is like a bit maybe aloof she's like i made becca no promises Reluctant. i don't know if i'm still gonna be yeah. here at christmas but also all becca has to do is shake her head brushing her silken red hair across my face and all that matters is their time together they love redheads in these books i literally texted you this you did yeah i was like why are they so obsessed with redheads they love it. They love redhead anymore. Fiery redhead. Maybe Um, it's poison ivy. Maybe that's a lot of lesbian sexual awakening. I mean, probably. But she says that Becca seems very optimistic. She's like, we only get a certain amount of time, and we might as well just like enjoy the time that we've got. But Jade is like afraid that Becca's she's one of those like don't fall in love with me because I meant me, to leave I meant hurt you yeah and it's like okay fine sad emo boy yeah. um, they're walking through Becca's sort of like trying to have fun and she drops to the floor and she's like let's make snow angels Jada's like are you having a seizure like she's never seen anyone on TV or film make a snow this angel this is it before. you may not have snow where you're from but like I don't believe you do not understand the concept the, the, of a yeah, snow angel I. I was like like this this is the, no because she's she like know when, what um, snow angel is. when becca gets up she's like oh i get it now and it's like you you've got it before you've got it to begin with you knew <laughs> you what it was you just didn't want to do it <laughs> and she's like it looks cold and wet and it's like well yeah because it's snow it's mm. what it is babe and becca sort of like pushes her to try and get her down to make the snow angel sort of falling on each other in the snow having a little snog mm-hmm. uh, her mouth was hot her tongue a frenzy of motion i was almost forgetting where we were when she jumped up and trotted over to stand beneath one of the trees a 20 foot pine with sporadic branches for the first six feet from the ground she curled her mitten clad fingers at me beckoning i struggled to my feet and followed she says turn around as she brushes the snow off her and then she's like put your hands up and grab hold of that branch above your head i did wondering what she had in mind i felt like a sacrificial virgin she slipped off her mittens and shoved them in her pocket then unzipped down my vest and then and she says like hold on to the branch or i'll tie you up with the scarf jade says this is something we've talked about trying a little bit of like a little bit of sexy bondage time but like is the snow-covered woods the time to start? Who yeah. knows? <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm more on Jade's side on this. On that yeah. Maybe. 
it's not the time to start. Maybe we could have practiced at home first. But she starts getting into it. She's like, I promise to be good. I'm at your mercy. She's like, what if someone sees us? And Becca's like, like, no one's going to Daddy come owns here. this land. Yeah, yeah all right, Becca. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but and then, then um, and she says, to be honest, I couldn't think much past the maddening feel of her fingers massaging my breasts through the slippery soft silk. She pushed my sweater up and suckled. Oh, and one of my nipples. I don't like the Suckling? word suckled. No, because that's like more a feeding like a thing. child. Yeah, yeah. then a sexual thing even uh, just suck pulled... just say suck I'm fine with that yeah suckled is too much when she pulled away my nips contracted harder reacting to the cold air and the moisture uh, to go from suckled to nips I feel like it's a really big jump <laughs> yeah. in language like mm-hmm. I really suckled I would get it if we were writing a sort of Game of Thrones era yeah erotica suckled I get but and we're going nips, straight in with very nips. millennial. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I needed funny. to feel her lips on my flesh with no fabric barrier between. So she's strung up, kind of like holding this tree. And Becca's sort of like undressing her. She's untucking her undershirt from the waistband of her jeans or whatever. And like mm. nuzzling her with her like cold nose on her belly and all this kind of stuff. A lot of when, breast play. A lot of, a lot of breast play. A lot of breast play. When she stood to reach my nipples, I saw a flash of white in her hand. And before I could register what it was, she pressed the snow to my breast. I howled in surprise and nearly let go of the branch. My nipple was so hard it hurt, and a moment later her mouth was on it, hot and sucking hard, and my knees would have buckled if I hadn't been holding on. And she does this like snow, mouth, snow, mouth, heat, cold. Oh my god, sexy times. She was close to coming just from the breastplate. My cunt was shivering with tiny spasms that weren't quite orgasms, and the moans coming from my mouth were noises I didn't think I'd ever made before. Okay, so we've had this fun, sexy time, like sort of bondage in the snow the the difference in heat play it's fine it's all good it's like this, sexy fine sexy sexy this is where it's about to turn this, this is for me i don't know if this is sanitary or if this is i don't know if it's safe, safe. and because i, I feel also at- like just don't again the the heat and cold play i know is like cold play um yeah <laughs> <laughs> not what i meant um like i know that, that that's like a thing but like this seems to take it to sort of a new level. level. Okay, so Becca says to close her eyes. She does. She found that I was wet on my inner thighs. Yeah, we all get that. She's, and she says, she's open your mouth. really, really horny. She's ready to go. She's really horny. I expected Becca to bring her hand to my mouth to slide in her fingers that would be sweet and pungent and slick with my own juices. Instead, something hard passed my lips. Hard and cold and long and thick and shaped like a... My eyes flew open. Becca's green eyes had gone nearly black with excitement, but she managed a tremor of a smile, and as she slid the icicle back out of my mouth, her other hand was still between my legs, driving most coherent thought through my head. Still, I knew what she was going to do with that natural, frozen dildo. Becca is about to penetrate her girlfriend with an icicle. This is what we mean. Like, I don't know how safe that is. I don't know. Because, like, when something's so cold, you stick to it, don't you? But also, like, is it clean? Like, it's different. And I know this is a thing people do. It's different if you fill... Put something a, in the freezer. Put something in the freezer and you can put a condom on it or you have control. Yeah. You made that ice so you know where the water's come from and how long it's been yeah. there and all that kind of stuff. I think as well, in my head, oh. I don't think... I don't think I've ever seen in real life like an actual icicle. So the ice no. that I think of is it's like very gr- pointy. like grubby ice. How cold can an icicle be that it could penetrate? It's just like a weird. But obviously, like, bad, here they're yeah. putting it into a a warm hole. How hard does an icicle be that it could like kill a person? Is that real? I uh, science bitches, can you let us know? because I'd like to genuinely know the science behind this one. My mitten hands clung to the branch above me as she drove it inside of me. It wasn't cold, but burning hot and oh so slick, like the glass dildo I once owned. I screamed as I clenched and came, bucking my hips as the world around me in a kaleidoscope of cardinal red and snow white. I melted. I just, I really don't know whether it's that kind of, it's so cold, it sticks, like, you know, and if they don't lick things, because yeah. your breath is hot, isn't it? So, and cause, um, imagine the inside she, like, of your vagina's hot. She, like, slides down the tree, and Becca's like, oh my god, you're so fucking hot, like, you completely melted the icicle. And I'm like, did putting it in her mouth not no. do that? Like, how, Yeah. how, I don't, um, I don't know, is the key. How big is this icicle as well? 
because if it was quite because obviously like if you have a drink and it has ice cubes in it those get smaller yeah. and then the smaller they get the easier they are to melt aren't they like if it's yeah. really like thick ice that's going to take a while to warm through but as soon as it gets to a point where it's like what do you know what i mean it'll just disappear so how yeah. big is it to start with how and much I did also, putting it in her mouth melt it obviously not a lot if it got if it was still usable for the vagina. Because she then, the way she and describes it is it's like the vagina was there. Again, I'm just doing visuals. They're not going to be able to see. It's like, that's the vagina. <laughs> this is the icicle. And as it's gone in, like it's hit the vagina and like ceased to exist. It's just like melted on contact. And I don't so, know if that's how it would work. I'm going to audio describe what just happened. Hannah made a fist and then she held up a pencil to the bottom of her fist and that was the, the icicle melting inside into the vagina vagina so i think your point is is how far does it get into you without it because she says it's like a glass dildo but then yeah. becca says like oh my god you melted it completely and because it's inside her body like that's hot yeah and how smooth would it be if it's one that you found on the ground or from a tree and you're supposed to put condoms on anything you're putting inside you especially yeah. that you found in the forest oh, but um, anyway so if anyone has any feedback on this and can please okay. let us know honestly very very interested it'd be a lovely christmas present for us both would be some more knowledge on this to be honest i don't think we need to talk about any more of this story well that basically it. she <laughs> this teaches jade how to trust again after because she's upset because she let go of the brand she's like crying and becca's like that's okay you trusted me that's nice and she gets the tree they get the tree that they fucked against is the tree that they get becca had showed her how to trust again every time they look at the tree they can I... think about the sexy time that they had and they're having a cute Christmassy time and she's clearly she's like i was still sad that my girlfriend died but i was feeling a lot but better I'm about it. it yeah and it helps um, her move on from lindy merry christmas to jade and becca beautiful i don't know if being fucked with an icicle would help me trust again but that's just me and that's it that's what we're gonna read to you so there are another seven stories in the collection of various kinkiness and sexiness and quality generally a good time was had by all lovely festive time yeah okay so i'm gonna ask the main question go for it how wet did you get were you like the ocean? How wet did you get? Were you drier than the desert? How wet did you get? Did this book make you come? So no, there were none in there particularly that like pushed my personal buttons. Other times when we've done multiple things, I've had ones that have been yeah. like the one. This yeah. didn't quite do that for me necessarily. But generally a fun festive time. I would give yeah. it like a six, probably. A six? I think I'd give it a seven, mainly for the Hark the Herald Angels one. That was that one a was lot. very sexy. That was very hot. I think, yeah, because none of them were on that level. A lot of them were yeah. not as hot as that one. But they were nice stories. They were like genuinely nice stories to read. That are And it did make me feel quite festive relationshipy. as well. It's the family sort of aspect of it and... That being close with someone you love at Christmas, isn't it? That's a big part yeah, of it. Yeah, and I thought it was quite cute because there were quite a lot of the family that you choose and love actually is all around us and all that kind of nonsense. Yeah, like I got that vibe from it. It was like a cute little like Christmas rom-com and it was fun. Yeah, it was good. Um, and what did the people on Amazon think of it? So there was only one review for this on Amazon and I could, it's, you know, it was an okay review, but I was a bit sad. I thought considering it's been out for such a long time i thought there would have been more reviews yeah for it. so it just says 12 tales for the 12 days of christmas it's from the states this review and was left on the 17th of august 2006 so you really couldn't be further away from christmas on the 17th of august i don't know why they thought that would be the perfect time now's the time to do it there was only one review on goodreads as well which was from um, december last year but again no one's reviewed it before that saying if you like a good quickie then look no farther hot short stories for a cold winter night it says after the success of stocking stuffers which was erotic christmas stories for gay men we thought it was only fair to give the woman a shot a dozen sexy stories with christmas themes come from the pens of eminent lesbian authors this package of holiday celebrates lesbian passion for gift giving season or whenever the book's compact size makes it perfect for stockings or tucking under a tree cute so, so if you are shopping yeah. for the lesbian in your life this christmas this could be the one you could do worse than a little spicy collection a little lesbian. yeah 
this feels really quick. When we record this, we're not in, we're still in spooky season. Mm-hmm. We haven't even got to Christmas yet. So it feels really weird talking about Christmas, but I'm slightly excited. I'm optimistic for Christmas this year, I think. I'll That's say. nice. I'm sort of trying not to think about it because I've got no idea what's going to happen between now and no. then. Like whether I'm going to be allowed to go home, whether I'm going to have the time to go home. Like, is that an option? Yeah. I don't know. Merry Christmas. It Christmas. feels really early to be saying that. Let us know what books you're asking for for Christmas. Yeah. What you want Santa to leave in your stocking this year, whether that be sexual it's, or not. It can just be a nice present. You can find us on Twitter at litgagpod. You can find us on Instagram at literallygaggingpod. Just type in literallygagging on Facebook and you'll find us or something else with the podcast, not the pictures of deep throating if you want to email us any of your book recommendations or if you want to let us know if you've read these books you can drop us an email we are literally gagging pod at gmail.com we are indeed don't forget to rate review and subscribe to our podcast tell your friends about it if you're on a work zoom if you're on a christmas zoom with your pals be like oh my days i've listened to this podcast you should do it too because nothing would make our christmases more special than to know that you're all listening to our wonderful voices yeah because obviously who fucking knows what kind of lockdown we're gonna be in but if not else it's cold isn't it so yeah. stay in stay warm have a mulled wine or like yeah. a bailey's hot chalk get us on <gasps> read some sexy oh. lesbians amazing we had you remember the amaretto oh, oat milk hot chocolates those so are the tits have one of them yeah yeah have a disarano hot chocolate with oat milk yeah. have don't have an eggnog we've decided we don't like that no we don't like have something milk. festive keep yourselves warm keep yourselves sexy don't impale yourselves on things you find in the forest unless it's safe let us know and just generally um, look after each other yeah it's christmas yeah, it's a time it's a season of goodwill we're having a cute time at christmas so be nice to each other and it's the thought that counts don't feel like you have to spend loads of money this year no. especially but make sure you're supporting local businesses you're putting some nice thought into your presence for people check in on people who live alone that's probably a good yeah psa to do as well and just generally stay safe and clean and warm and cute and festive so i guess we'll see you not in two weeks time we'll see you in two weeks time for another festive read we will be reading merry inkmas by talia hibbert yeah i was well yeah we'll be reading merry inkmas by talia hibbert apparently (laughs) and we'll be having another festive another little festive time so i'll see you then see you later bye Good day, bye. bye. A big thank you to Bobby Bates for doing all of our artwork and our logo and everything, to Bethany Southworth for our jingle, and the other incidental music is from Kevin McLeod of Incompetech, the king of royalty free jams and saviour of media studies students the world over. <laughs>